The New York Knicks are back in town. A must-win game for Miami. We'll preview the game and the keys to a heat victory and break down Miami's chances of continuing to climb up the standings and avoiding the play-in tournament. Plus, we continue our heat culture bracket on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day and for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. Uh, We'll talk about how the Heat could still get the number six seed and avoid the play-in tournament and update our Heat culture bracket here in a minute. But... Let's start with tonight's game against the New York Knicks. Uh, we all remember how the last time these two teams played ended. Julius Randle, miraculous buzzer beater uh, to win the game. Um, heartbreaking way to lose that game for the Miami Heat. Of course, they're going to be trying to avoid that uh, tonight, David. When you look at the keys to the game, how the Heat can beat the Knicks, uh, what's the number one thing that sticks out to you? <laughs> I think it's fairly obvious, right? You and I were talking about it before we started recording. Having to find a way... To stop this tear from Julius Randle, 57 points on Monday night, a career high in a loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. His shooting has been ridiculous. He gets to the line. He does it all. The mid-range game, he bullies his way to the hoop. It's a phenomenal season he's having, an all-star season, probably even an all-NBA season, uh, to be quite honest with you. You know, before continuing our conversation with the Knicks and how to stop Randle, because I'm not sure if Miami has the personnel to do it, did we miss the opportunity, uh, you and I, in terms of when we discussed Miami potentially trading for Julius Randle? I think you and I were both fairly dismissive of the idea because he might not be a great fit. And he has somehow wound up having a tremendous season, despite our early prognostications that he might not be the, the best player to fit alongside Miami's roster. When we were looking at early season trades, and I think Randle was a name that was discussed, we kind of were both dismissive of the notion. Uh, we were. I think that was fair based on what we had just seen from Julius Randle, not even just the season before, but I think given his entire career, and you know me, I've I've long been on Julius Randle Island. I've been I've been on, a big fan yeah. of his game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of his fit with the Miami Heat, yeah, I don't think that it made sense, to, especially when you consider what you would probably have to give up to get okay. Julius Randle. Um, based on any of the reporting around it, it felt like the Knicks were not, willing to move Julius Randle. It was more sort of like a Twitter thing with the Heat trade Julius Randle. And they've always well, said early publicly the that they were early, committed to him. Yeah. Yeah. The Knicks were particularly and, good. The Heat were particularly good. And I think there was a lot of discussion. Oh, you know, ways of upgrading that Caleb Martin spot in the starting lineup. And when Julius Randle was an obvious name because he plays look, I, the position I, of the Heat. Based on, yeah, for sure. And and based on how he's playing now, he'd be a great fit. He's shooting 35% on threes. He made eight of them against right. Minnesota the other night in that 57-point game that you referenced. So this version of Julian Randall, Julius Randle would be great for the Heat, I think, but he's still somebody that needs the ball quite a bit. And if you're trying to maximize Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, I don't, I don't know that... The argument I made last time is just because he's aggressive doesn't make him a good fit, right? And... Yeah. 
even you don't necessarily want him taking away shots from your better players. Now, you could argue that he's a better offensive player now than Bam Adebayo is. You could argue that maybe he's a more willing scorer than Jimmy Butler is. But I still mm. don't really love that how I feel about taking away shots from Bam and Jimmy to that degree. Um, Jalen Brunson has been great there, but he's been very also differential, more of a traditional point guard in that sense. Um, but also, you know, the clear-cut second scorer in terms of volume on that team. Right. And Julius Randle's the guy. And I don't think that would be the case here in Miami. And I don't know that he would be putting up these numbers. Also, maybe he would. That said, he's putting up those numbers right now for the New York Knicks. And he's really been uh, he's been really difficult to stop lately. Um, and it, what, what's difficult about him is how he's expanded his game and the fact that he's shooting from three and the fact that he's going to stretch out Miami's defense. And when you look at yeah. uh, Kevin Love in that starting lineup, they don't really want to put Kevin Love on on Julius Randle. They didn't the last time these teams played. Bam Adebayo started on Randle. Jimmy Butler got some assignment time on him as well, um, especially yeah. late in that game. I think they'll probably do the same thing. I don't know that Ju when we when uh, reporters and, and us were there at practice today, we were asked or we were asking uh, Bam and, and Spo about how do you stop Julius Randle, and basically all of them said. That's not really the priority. You know, he's going to make shots. He's going to get points. We just got to make it as, in terms of stopping him. It's not going to happen. Yeah, make him take we got to make shot. it as hard as possible. Um, right. I don't know what a tough shot is for Julius Randle. I don't know if you want him shooting in the mid-range because he's quite good at that. I don't know if you want him taking more threes because he's making a lot of those, and that can kind of break your defense when he's making those. I, I, don't, I don't really know what you're trying to take away from Julius Randle because he's been that prolific. I think if you're going to look at a way of uh, challenging them or, or putting him into that spot where he has to take tough shots, it's probably shots towards the end of a shot clock. So probably pressuring mm. New York's ball handlers considerably. And that's not easy. So you, you, I, you look, I, I think you kind of have to lean into maybe a simplistic way of saying is let Randall get his and try and force everybody else into turnovers or just, you know, bad passes and things of that sort so that he winds up getting the ball in his hands because he does – like to operate with the ball in his hands, to your point earlier. He likes to put the ball down or just take up a, a contested three, and he's been hitting them a lot more often than not. And again, he hit that incredibly contested three to seal a Knicks victory. So it's about pressuring everybody else. But that's There's not so easy to do. That. I, don't mind, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind that strategy because he had 57 points last night, and I know that's the headline, but the subhead <laughs> is the Knicks lost. They didn't win that right. game. It went well, to overtime against yeah. the Minnesota Story Timberwolves without and Torian Prince also hit eight threes. Uh, so Torian I don't Prince think that just went, yeah, he went crazy. Uh, <laughs> he went nuclear. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you kind of have to pressure Jalen Brunson. And I think that's going to be a lot harder said than done because he gets to the line a lot. He throws his yeah. head back, you know, tries to sell contact. And he's got a great mid-range floater game too. He's strong. And Miami's been small. giving up a lot of points. Cooper Moorhead is pointing this out lately uh, in that yeah. mid-range area that extended paint area. The Heat have been giving up a lot of points yeah. there. Um, did ask Spo about it. Spo basically uh, said, you know what, you got we're trying to take away the three-point line and trying to take stuff away at the paint. It's just sort of going to happen. Um, a lot of non-answers today, by the way, at Heat practice. But um, that, that's well, what, he, what did he say? You know, that's interesting you bring it up. What did he say? It's all just about challenging yourself and, and, and rising to the challenge. Like it yeah, was, I don't know. It's, it's such great Spo you know, non-speak at this point. He just was like, yeah. you know what? We yeah. just got to play better. I can't figure I asked it out. Specific, I asked tougher. him a specific question about the rotation. Like I said, hey, you, you've been playing Haywood and Kevin Love at backup five. Was that more situational or is that something you're trying to get a look at? And he's like, yeah. every day yeah. we're taking it day by day. It's all hands on deck, whatever it takes. I was like, Woo. all right, man. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't play for you. You don't need to hype me up. Like, we're good. <laughs> um, anyway, 
Uh, here's something else I found interesting about this matchup. I, I, what, here's what I do kind of going into every matchup. I look, all right, how about these teams doing it? You know, offensive rating defense. I look at all the, the, the key factors for the season, right. last 15 games, and then sort of a benchmark that makes sense to me. So over the, like the heat, the last 10 games, it really feels like there's been a shift. So I take a look at the heat over the last 10 games. And then likewise, I look at what the Knicks have been doing over the last 10 games. Here's what's happened, David. These teams are virtually the same. Over the right. last 10 games, Miami is fifth in offensive rating. The Knicks are fourth. The Heat are 25th in defensive rating. The Knicks are 22nd. The Heat are fifth in rebounding rate. The Knicks are fourth. They both have That's the same difference. exact assist to turnover ratio. If anything, the Knicks have been a smidge better than the Miami Heat over the last 10 games. Right. But in terms of what this is going to look like stylistically, there's going to be, I ball. can't believe I'm saying this about Miami and the Knicks. There's going to be a lot of points scored. And maybe not a whole lot of great defense being played in this one, and I'm kind of excited for it. It's a, it's it, the, the mirroring style is kind of re- feels reflective of those '90s battles between the Heat, exactly. Knicks, right? Two very similarly built teams, same identity and things of that sort. Similar personnel. If you look at it from that perspective, you're just going to go really ISO heavy. It's going to be what are what is Jimmy going to do? Okay, what is Julius going to do? Okay, who else is going to be able to complement those two players? Is really the the ultimate deciding factor. So is it Jalen Brunson or is it Bam who's going to step up? Is it Tyler Hero or RJ Barrett? I think that's a great battle yep. that we should definitely look out for. So that's going to be interesting. It's uh, both teams shoot a lot of threes. Uh, New York now. hitting them. Yeah, yep. New York hitting them. Um, more frequently, I think Miami has the potential again because of the poor defense in general. I think they're going to have the opportunity to knock some down. So, who knows who steps up? And and look, we we'd love to be able to use a season's worth of information, seventy three games, and say, oh, we've got an exact map of who's going to step up tomorrow versus the Knicks. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It could be Max Truce. It could be Tyler yeah. here. It could be Caleb Martin. Uh, all of them certainly viable candidates. Could be all. Of them. No Kyle Lowry. No, no Kyle yeah. Lowry in the last matchup. So I'm intrigued to see whether or not he can continue yeah. his run of uh, impactful minutes, especially late in the games there. To, if he can be another guy who can you know, maybe force Brunson into some of those turnovers, draw some charges, et cetera, that could be a huge difference maker in Miami's favor. It's I uh, expect a close game, and I expect a heat win. I'm going to put that out there. Caleb Martin also questionable for this one, um, but we'll see if uh, he, he plays. He's definitely played through things like that. In the past, this game, no doubt, has huge ramifications for the Heat in the standings. Right now, Miami seventh in the Eastern Conference, still trying to fight their way out of the play-in tournament. Can they do it? We'll tell you the path to Miami escaping the play-in tournament next. But first, today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Look, I'm super excited about this new partner, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, well, then your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs of a season. And all of this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and it's playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. If you are a fan of Man-Eyed Franchise Mode, NBA, 2Ks, uh, whatever they call Franchise Mode, I forget what they call it, Dynasty, something like that, I don't know. If you're a fan of any of those kinds of game modes, all right, you're going to love this game. And it's in your pocket, it's with you wherever you go, on your phone, Uh, it is 
quite addicting, I could say, from experience. And the best part is Locked On Heat listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Uh, so make sure to check that out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or just look it up in your app store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Locked on Heat is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please do subscribe. We're going to update our Heat culture bracket here in a minute, but let's take a look at the standings here, David. The Miami Heat, 39-34, and 34, firmly in that seventh spot, three games ahead of the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not worried with nine games left of Miami falling to eighth. At this point, I feel pretty good that at the at their floor right now is the seventh seed. Would you agree on that before we move on? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then what you're looking at is how can you climb up that ladder? And the Heat right now are a game behind the Brooklyn Nets, who have lost three in a row, doing the Heat a favor here. The Nets are 39 and 32. The Heat are 39 and 34. The Nets have 11 games left. The Heat have nine. The Knicks, who, of course, uh, we play tonight, they're 42 and 31. Three games in front of Miami. And here's the other thing, too. Even if Miami, there's still two games left here. The Heat have already dropped the first two games against the Knicks. They could tie the head-to-head series if they win the next two games against the Knicks. So that's still sort of TBD, but three games in, in three wins in nine games is a lot to make up normally, but the fact that they get to play the Knicks twice right. in that span, it kind of counts double, right? It's a win for you, a loss for them. So if you just sort of pencil in, for instance, Miami getting two wins against the Knicks. If they win both of these games, now what you're really looking at is making up one game in seven games. One win in seven games. And that is a little bit more realistic. But I don't want to get too greedy. Let's just look right now on whether or not the Heat could catch the six-seeded Nets, a game behind them. The Nets right now, one of the uh, a, a, a pretty easy schedule remaining. The Heat, kind of, I would say, probably a 50-50 Remaining schedule, just four home games left out of the nine. Is there a first-round matchup that you'd anticipate Miami would either thrive in more effectively or that oh. you'd personally like to see best? Well, let's see. If you win if you win the play-in tournament, you get seventh seed. And if you – or if you come first in the play-in tournament, you get the seventh seed. If you come in second in the play-in tournament, you would get the eighth seed. And then, obviously, you could get the sixth seed. Uh, the sixth seed would play the Sixers as of right now, even though they're just a half game behind Boston. If they remain right. in the seventh spot, you'd get Boston in that first round. And then if you end up in that eighth spot, you'd get Milwaukee. I want nothing to do with the Milwaukee Bucks, so pass on that one. And then you're really talking about Boston or Philadelphia. And David, if I got to be honest. Or Cleveland, if you can get to that fifth seed. I mean, unrealistically, but if you Fair enough. Well, of all the teams, then I would prefer Cleveland. But if not okay. Cleveland, I kind of want Boston over Philly. Bring it. Bring it. Get the Celtics rivalry going one more time. The Heat, I know the Celtics the fans Heat are have, The Heat own real estate in the collective mind of the Boston Celtics. If you just listen to Bill Simmons on his podcast, he is still terrified of the right. Miami Heat. I'm not sure why. I don't know how much Miami Heat he's watching, but he's just sort Jimmy of Butler. Boston fans in general. Just He's just terrified of Jimmy Butler, and you can't really blame him for how last yeah. year went. Um, you could argue that if the Celtics played anybody other than the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, that they might have won the NBA Finals, but they were exhausted by the time they got there. So, there it is. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, who would you rather pick? Oh God, that is tough. I don't know. I, I I don't know. Again, I would love the I would love to think that Miami could beat Philadelphia. I, I would love to think that they could beat 
Cleveland, I, I don't know either. So given the fact that all those opponents probably present a significant challenge for Miami, and if it's just about bad blood being renewed, <laughs> give me Boston. I mean, that's that's it right there. Yeah, um, it has to be. So in terms of what in terms of the rest of the Heat schedule, like I said, four home games in the next nine. So you got the Knicks and the Nets uh to finish out this week. So a pretty light week in, in terms of basketball being played for Miami. Then you go on the road at Toronto, at New York and MSG. Then you come back home for Dallas, back on the road for three games, Detroit, Philly, Washington, and then back at home to finish the year against the Orlando Magic. All right? So like I said, you've got tough games in there. you got to play in Philadelphia. That's not going to be easy, right? you got to play in New York. That's not easy. you got to play in Toronto. That's not easy. These two games, like this next game tonight, is not going to be easy. Brooklyn has been feisty, right? That's not going to be easy. So there's some tough games. We just saw the Heat play Detroit. That was not easy for them. None of these games are easy for Miami. So I have no idea. I have no idea where that's going to go. But you look ahead of the standings and you look what the Brooklyn Nets have left. And they've got 11 games in the same amount of time. So a little bit more of a condensed schedule for them and some tough right. matchups. They've got Cleveland twice before they play, play Miami. So the Heat just one game before they have to play the Nets. The Nets two games before they have to play the Heat. You're on the road, and then they're on the road against Orlando on the second night of a back-to-back, so they could easily lose both of those games, and maybe you split the Cleveland series if you're probably best-case scenario for the Brooklyn Nets because the Cavs are pretty good. Um, And then you got some easy games, Houston, Atlanta. Utah is like, that's not an easy win. They do get them at home, so you don't have to go on the road. Minnesota, kind of ditto. Maybe Anthony Edwards is back for that one, TBD. At Detroit, but on the second night of a back-to-back, so what should be sort of a a circle win, on the second night of back-to-back, nothing's promised. And then in Orlando, or, or at home against Orlando, and then at home against the Sixers to finish the year, and that we know is going to be difficult. So the Nets have a pretty difficult schedule right now. I know if you look at the sort of projection sites, David, like they still have the Heat favored to end up in that seventh spot. I got to tell you, I've been pretty bullish on Miami getting the sixth seed, and I have not come off that stance. I still think that the Heat get the sixth seed. I think it's absolutely realistic. I wish that there was, again, uh, some sense of urgency that was driving this team. Um, I'm not sure if they feel it because, again, to drop Well, they keep talking about game, it. They, they do. They talk about, Look, hey, this is March Madness. It's all hands on deck. We're taking it one day at a time. These are must wins. Like, Spoke keeps saying it. Yeah, but then you lose to Chicago and you barely beat right. Detroit and you were down double digits to Detroit, a team that you know is is inferior and isn't playing for anything. So it, it, there's a lot to that. Look, it, it, I, I still think despite everything, Miami has been playing better of late and they seem to have found some sort of an identity. It just hasn't worked out on a couple of occasions. They're winning more often than not. I hate to make predictions, but I think they go six and three maybe seven and two over the nine game span there i, I so know. then that would mean that the nets in order to take the six seed if the heat goes seven and two the nets would have to go six and five if the heat goes six and three the nets would have to go five and five and then that would give the heat and look you're looking at the net schedule here five and five is very that, that seems like a no they've got 11 five, games five and six i'm sorry five and six, five and yeah. six yeah five and six is very realistic for the nets so i think it's possible yeah. The big thing is, too, like, obviously, like, and then, of course, you have a game against Brooklyn uh, this coming weekend on Saturday. So that's sort of, it's not a must-must win, but it's very close to a must-win. These two games against New York are definitely must-wins. Because if you you win these upcoming games against New York, now you're talking about the fifth seed potentially being in play. That, to me, is the only way that he can get the fifth seed, is you've got to win these final two games against the Knicks. Because, like I just said, that counts as a win for you and a loss for them, and now you're kind of you're, you're narrowing that gap in the standings in one fell swoop. So 
six seed should be the priority. Easier. Just take care of what's in front of you. Get that, and then maybe if you can win these Nets, these Knicks games, the fifth seed becomes more of a realistic um, goal. But right now, it's not. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, no. The, uh, the Knicks right. schedule is easier. To your point earlier, if if Cleveland, you think is a more beatable team, and you'd like to get that matchup. And look, Miami has never played that way. Uh, I don't think they've ever really like taught you know thrown games just to uh, kind of play with the sa- the seedings to any degree. Right. Uh, Jimmy Butler says it doesn't matter whether we're in the play-in tournament, whether the fifth seed or whatever. No I doubt how much I buy it. Seed. Miami could beat any opponent in the Eastern Conference. I maintain that. I just don't know how likely it is. I don't. Oh, I don't okay. know how likely it is. No, I, I, that's the whole thing. I, I think. No, no. I, this isn't just like, oh, you, know, you have a 50-50 chance. No, I, I think realistically, Miami has shown the capacity of beating all the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. They beat Cleveland, they beat Philadelphia, they beat Boston, they beat Milwaukee. I, I think they can, despite the fact that Milwaukee is playing exceedingly well. It looks like they've got everything dialed up an extra notch to where they were before. They were really good before. They're even better now. But I still think that Miami has a puncher's chance against some of those teams, but it just seems like they have to be much more consistent. And, it, and, you know, to echo Spo, they have to accept that challenge and want to play better. And I don't know that we've seen enough of a sample of that, even over the last few games where they've been playing yeah. better, to say that they understand what's at stake and that they're willing to do it all. We've seen great performances from Jimmy, and then everybody else has kind of coasted, struggled to some degree. But you keep, you, I know that word consistency keeps, keeps getting thrown around in terms of what Miami can do in their search for consistency. Any any team can win a game against any team, right? Like the, the ceilings are not what sure. defines how good a team is. It's literally the consistency and all year long, the heat have been inconsistent. And that's why I've said like, this is a slightly better than average basketball team. And you just look at the way they play. And that's been pretty much borne out through the first seven games. They were inconsistent last year. That's what makes Milwaukee too. and Boston and Philadelphia so special. I think they were inconsistent last year too. Like they threw a Miami, they got the one seed. They did. They uh, won but, a I lot mean, no, of games. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, the definition of consistency is either 82 and 0 or 0 and 82. Those would be the most consistent no, no. teams. No, I think like, they won a lot of similarly. Yeah, they, they lost a lot of the same type of ugly clutch games. But not 12 like, oh, of them. No. Every team loses I, I, bad. I, 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 like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the difference. That's the difference. Milwaukee has bad losses. Boston has bad losses on their resume. Well, you know? Milwaukee like, doesn't have happens. any bad losses over the last 20. Like, they've got nothing but wins. Like, they, they've, they've won a lot of games. Yeah, nobody just... Whatever, whatever the option is to never play the Bucs is, is what I vote for. Um, we update our heat culture bracket next. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. UM men's and women's basketball both advancing to the Sweet 16. Go Canes. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the number of threes drained, how many wins Miami will get over the next nine. I'm sure you can bet on that too. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If you go to FanDuel.com, Slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Reach Locked On Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us at lockedonheat at gmail.com. Let's update the heat culture bracket in which the person who represents heat culture moves on. All right, let's get to our first matchup here. We've got number three seed Alonzo Morning versus 30th seed. 
Tim Hardaway. What do you think? Not fair. Not fair. Who put these things together? Like that's you know, two great teammates there from that '90s era of uh, great Heat basketball. We're talking about Heat Knicks, and here we have two of the most important players of that Heat Knicks rivalry: Alonzo Mourning versus Tim Hardaway. I mean, look, uh, Timmy. I think has a special place in a lot of longtime Heat fans' hearts. I've said. I still believe Goran Dragic, if you look at the, the seven, eight years that he was with Miami, had a better career in Miami than Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway obviously had a better career in general. He's now a Hall of Famer. Having said that, uh, I think Timmy was part of helping establish that that tough identity in Miami. Uh, but he also you know, complained about the, uh, the body fat test. And he also eventually left as a free agent, sick of what Miami was doing, sick of heat culture, sick of everything here in South Florida, although his jersey is up in the rafters. So I, I think you have to give him uh, – you, you have to give Alonzo the nod there. Although Alonzo also left in free agency in 2003. He went to go join the New York Nets uh, – I'm sorry, the, the uh, New Jersey Nets at that point in time. Yeah, that's right. They were the yeah. New Jersey Nets. So he left the free agency too. But, you know, that was looking to get paid at a point in time when he had resurrected his career after getting a, a kidney replacement and things of that sort. So you can't exactly blame him, but he came back. Had a great close to his career, winning That's a championship in 2006. He's been a part of multiple and, eras. And now he's of in the front basketball. office. And now he's in yes, the front is. office, bestowing the ways of Heat culture on current Heat players, coaches, staff members, whomever. Yep. Um, yep. And so that counts for a lot. And that's why he's a top four seed in this bracket. So I think it's a pretty easy one. Alonzo Morning moves on. Uh, let's get to our next matchup. Number 19 oh. seed. James Posey taking on the 14th seed, Joel Anthony. I spoke Truth. to Joel recently for a story I, I wrote for the Miami Herald. Joel okay. Anthony, let me make the case upon, uh, on behalf of Joel Anthony. I, not I, only I, was I, he a great representative. Yeah. No, not only was he a great representative of Heat culture while he was playing for the Miami Heat, he, as basically the general manager, of the Montreal, the professional Montreal team in the Canadian League has taken heat culture to Montreal. And that was what my story for the Miami, the, the Miami Herald was all about, was what did he learn playing for the Miami Heat and being part of that organization? And what is he trying to instill? What kind of values is he trying to bring to Montreal? And he said, quite literally, I am trying to recreate heat culture in Montreal. So not a, he, he's representing... Heat culture in a major way. James Posey's uh, still involved in like coaching and stuff like that. He's still in basketball. I'm sure he's bringing things that he learned, but maybe not quite so literally the way that Joel Anthony is. So I'm going to go ahead and vote Joel Anthony here. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, I like love Pose. A great long, part of a long line of three and D players. Won a championship, obviously, in 2006. He was fun, but he wasn't gritty enough. Like uh, like the Warden undrafted player from Canada. Like that. That's a great. He, culture story right there and for him to be able to implement this across the, the you know to another country across borders that's that says a lot uh, you got to give it yep. to the warden our next matchup <laughs> blockbuster here 11th seed eric reed versus 20 22 seed anthony mason what do you think david eric reed making an 11 seed i mean i i like I to pick this here together. this is crazy uh, Anthony Mason, yeah, a couple – was it just one good year here in Miami? He made an all-star, though, in that one season. Another one of those yeah. undrafted players uh, that uh, Pat Riley had found with the New York Knicks. He was toiling away in the Continental Basketball Association, the now-defunct CBA. 
Uh, I think he was with the Albany Patroons or something like that. And then he wound up joining uh, in the New York Knicks. He, he wound up you know, competing for titles there, then wound up getting traded to, I want to say Charlotte. I, I, maybe I'm missing the, the dates here a little bit. But in, in any case, he came to Miami. Uh, the late, great Anthony Mason had a great season here. That got derailed by the return of Alonzo Mourning in the playoffs, but still a good overall story. But come on, kaboom. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna take Mace over Kaboom, you know. I, I think I think no. it's Eric Reed in a landslide. The voice of the Miami Heat. Um he's been, Reed. The, he, he's been through it all. He's seen it all. He's seen it all, and he's seen a lot more than he lets on too in the on the broadcast because he's Ooh. he's been around and he, he tell I mean he does tell the stories when he makes appearances and stuff, but like he's seen everything, right? He has seen everything. He's seen how heat culture was made and forged in the first place. He was around when it happened. So Eric Reed moves on. Uh, our final matchup. This is a doozy, David. You ready for this one? Yes. 27th seed Ray Allen versus 6th oh. seed Jimmy Butler. Maybe uh, Ray Allen, who made the greatest shot in Miami Heat history, versus Jimmy huh. Butler, who had arguably the greatest series in Heat history, the greatest playoff runs in Heat history. Uh, arguably. I'll put arguably yeah. in front of that. Um, two stalwarts, two iconic Miami Heat guys um, in terms of what they were able to accomplish while they were here. Kind of a tough break for Ray Allen because I don't see Jimmy Butler losing this one. No, I, I like the iconic imagery too here. Like the the, the three-point yeah. shot in game six of the finals. And you've got Jimmy slumped over the table after a phenomenal historic performance in the Orlando bubble. It's Jimmy, I think, in a landslide as well. Because Ray was a culture unto himself. Like, if anything, he came in here and was like, nah, that's okay. Like, he you know, he he, he bristled with Eric Spolstra. He, he fit in in that locker room, but he didn't quite embrace the culture because he's like, you know what? I've got my own way of doing things, and that's yeah. okay. Still a great player. Helped Miami win and screwed Boston over in the process. Fantastic <laughs> work by Ray Allen. Well, that gets a lot but, of points, actually. That's, that's, a good, that's a good point, though. Like, not was, only did Ray Allen come to Miami though. and help win a championship, that was personal vendetta. Um, that was that was personal vendetta. He's like, you that, know what? You, you guys don't need like any heat more culture. Rage yes, that, that's the heat culture value. <laughs> He's drinking the haterade. That's for sure. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, most disgusting team in the NBA. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's still Jimmy, know. right? Pretty clearly, it's still whoa, Jimmy. Whoa. But Ray, I, I feel like Ray Allen just gets. I, I I have no idea who put this together. It's a real shame uh, that Ray Allen has to get knocked out magic. this early. Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. It's Jimmy Butler. Moving on. All right. That'll do it for our, uh, our updated heat bracket. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen. Game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app. YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes.